Welcome to BizBytes, brought to you by Com Together, helping businesses like yours build their brand through telling amazing stories to engage and grow audiences on multiple platforms. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of BizBytes. I have a guest that's uh, on the other side of the world from me at the moment, but we've got to know each other a little bit over probably about the last three years or so. And to say she's uh, the queen of networking would be an understatement. Um, she's very much at the forefront of that and of helping people being able to speak in front of large groups of people and small groups for that matter. Terry Lee, it's so great to have you here. And I, I guess I'll let you formally introduce yourself to the audience. Oh, Anthony, thank you for the opportunity to be here um, on your amazing podcast. And it's so great to connect with you again. Um, I'm delighted to meet your audience. Um, I, he, and we did meet when I was running a global online referral organization, and we met really in the throes of COVID. And um, as, as everybody knows, um, we all were doing our, our face-to-face networking, and suddenly um, online networking came to the forefront, and, and we were able to connect globally, right? So, so that was amazing. And this whole time I've been speaking, I've been speaking for a number of years. And so so these days, and what I'm up to is really helping coaches, consultants, and solopreneurs develop their speaking business. Anthony, have you ever met speakers who who like had a book and they knew they wanted to speak, but they didn't know how they were going to make money? Absolutely. All the time. Well, those are the Yes, those are the people that I help. So I love focusing on on helping people um, maybe get a book done. There'll be the people who want to develop courses, the people who want to develop programs, and we we help teach them how to go out and sell those programs too um, with intention. So that's what I'm up to these days. It's fantastic. Um, I, I love that. I want to come to that in a minute, but just to touch on the uh, where we. I guess connected originally, as you said, in the in the uh, networking space, and I think what what's amazing about that is that that COVID experience really opened up global networks, and I think you know that this idea that you and I are even speaking from opposite parts of the world at the moment, um, it's it's the technology's been there for a number of years. But it really only came to the forefront during that COVID period when people started jumping online and realizing, well, if I'm online, why do I have to restrict myself geographically to the you know surrounding suburbs when I can talk to someone on the other part of the world? And I, you know, I think that has been such a huge thing for so many businesses. I totally agree with you, and I, I have a funny story for you. So, so you know. Um, so we were we were neighbors, haha. When I was in Singapore and you were um, in Sydney, and uh, and and I moved thirteen months ago to Houston. And do you know, Anthony? For the last thirteen months, I was still opening up my laptop to do all my networking. I didn't go out at all. Um, just last week, I went out and like actually met business owners. And um, and yeah, I can do it. But I was like adding up. It was forty minute drive there. 40 minute drive home. And I'm like, I loved it and I want to do more of it. But, but, and I realized in that moment, cause they were all talking about being here in Houston and that this is where they network. And I realized I'm not sure everyone was doing what we were doing. I'm not sure. I you know that I think that some people still, maybe they were online, but they were still uh, more localized. And so, so I don't think that we should discount 
the the specialness of what was created at that time and for the people that have been able to expand beyond their their borders for their business. Yeah, I should tell you that it was um, the group that that I was in, thanks to you, uh, at the time was uh, had a lot of people that were in Queensland, uh, amongst other places um, that were there, and uh, it was uh, it was the towards the end of last year we had an opportunity to go to a face to face conference and made the detour to the Gold Coast and there, uh, firstly to go and catch up with all of these people that we had been networking for a couple of years and uh, never been in the same room together. So, you know, those opportunities are, are great. Um, ironically enough, someone in my current networking group um, who doesn't live anywhere near me, um, she and I are both going to be in a foreign city at the same time together. So the chances are we might catch up for coffee in, the other, in another part of the world altogether. So, you know, those yeah. opportunities are, are huge. And I think the reality for many businesses, particularly, I, I guess, as you work with a lot of coaches and consultants, that space isn't restricted geographically. There are certainly some businesses where we we understand the geographic um, need, but many businesses don't really have those boundaries. And I think being able to open that up um, has been a huge, uh, you know, a huge leap for for so many businesses. And just that whole idea of a of a global marketplace. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's been stunning for so many. It was something I never imagined I would ever do in my life. I don't know about you. I never, I never dreamed of that. Mm-hmm. No, and and definitely, definitely not. And I think I, I, but I do remember the frustrations of the early days of starting my business and uh, attending some face-to-face networking groups. And, you know, that whole idea that, oh, because I live in this part of Sydney, that must be where I do business. And it was a very old fashioned approach. I mean, I think, um, you know, my parents uh, used to say to me in the early days of the business, why don't you just go and knock on some doors and see if they want some, some marketing. Okay. I'm going, Who does that? Like it's, um, and now it's, um, you know, I, I think it's fun, funnily enough. I think, um, I think I only have one or two clients that are even within driving distance of, where I um, where I am now, and most of my clients are spread all over, and I love that. It creates a huge amount of variety as well, and uh, and I think that it's interesting too. That need to be physically with a client has also mm. changed as well. I think it, there is the efficiency. There is so much that can be achieved, and and yes, it is nice to be able to shake hands and be in the same room as someone. And I don't discount that opportunity but it can be the exception rather than the rule. Mm-hmm. I totally, I totally agree with you. And I had a similar um, uh, incident, if you will, or sort of, well, let's say experience. Um, it was that um, I am in a networking group um, and five people from five States, we all met at a conference in Denver that someone had was involved in and, how, how awesome it was to, to be with them, but then, you know, you just go right back and then you do your on-screen thing. And, and I firmly believe because I'm actively have a nice full coaching practice that, you know what, we can do a lot of amazing work right here We're with people from all over that we would have never met otherwise. And, and it's stunning and um, it's quite efficient. It saves you a lot of energy in your life. Absolutely. And I wanted to come to that, to the, uh, to the uh, to the speaking part, what I found fascinating as well as a sort of a um, is that people to an extent got used to this whole idea of this um, 
virtual space that we're talking to one another. And so the idea of two people talking to one another was okay. Most people seem to have adjusted to that. But as soon as you expand that into multiples of people that you're talking to, it seems like that the same um, fears, if I can use that word, step in as as if people were standing in, you know, physically in an audience in front of however many people. Um, there seems to be a lot of that um, still idea of, oh, can I make a move from talking to one person to talking to multiples of people? Surely that's a special qualification and only certain people can do that, which is not the case, of course. You know, it's not. And, but, and, but it is so true that it's just different. And I think it's almost even more difficult to think that you're looking into a camera than that you're sitting in a room with people, right? For some people, the camera can be daunting and you do feel the same fears, but it's like everything else, Anthony, that the first time you do something, um, I've had people liken it to like the thing that you, you're going to do for the first time. You're like, oh my gosh, you think it weighs like a hundred pounds, but you really realize once you pick it up, it weighs like five pounds. Right. And, and it is the same. If I've had anything come, it's been discussions about online speaking and people saying that they aren't sure they get the return on investment. Have you heard of anything about that? Oh, yes. I mean, I think, and I think this is one of the hardest parts. I mean, you know, because, because really when you talk about speaking, it's engagement, which is marketing, um, you know, and I prefer to talk about engagement as a general rule. And I think there is an intangible, you know, element to it because um, there's a point where you go from brand awareness, if you like, and whether you, whether it's a personal brand or a business brand moving into the sales process, which is a different beast again. So the whole idea of the return on investment is sometimes a very, a very tricky one, but I think anyone that has put themselves out there knows that those opportunities come because you are out there and, and it, and I think it's unfair to judge it based on one or two appearances as well. You, you have mm. to do these things consistently at a quality level. Mm. That's such a really valid point. And if there's anything I've come to know, because I've had a few candid conversations about this. So I appreciate you being willing to be a little candid and talk about it because there's probably people thinking it, right? If they're watching, they're like, yeah, I, I get that. But I think what it is, is also changing up how I respond after, right? Like it's one thing if you speak in person and you know you had leads, you know people said that they were interested, right? It's it's another thing if people are going and signing up for your lead magnet, like we you need to set the parameters so that you get the notifications that 15 people signed up for it and, and perhaps you can reach out to them, right? It's 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 changing how we follow up and how we react because it is a different method of, of putting yourself out there. And I'm not sure, I think that we all just like assume, oh, I didn't get a lot of, um, didn't get a lot of interest, but maybe sometimes we're not even paying attention, right? So, so it's, I think in getting candid, we can really look at, hey, what do I need to shift so that I can respond better to these people that are interested. Yeah, and I think sometimes it's it's also about the delivery, right? Of, of and I'm sure that's the area that you, that you're into, is that I find that a lot of times that I mean it was a it's kind of a, it was a common catchphrase about ten years ago, and I think it still holds true. Is there's this death by PowerPoint, 
um, yes. approach to speaking. And it doesn't matter whether it's online or in person, that often people fall back on that. And um, this often so many things written on a PowerPoint presentation that it's completely distracting and you find you're just reading that and you may, they may as well have just handed you the presentation, read it in your own time and, and walk away um, rather than people having that ability to just speak and speak in a frank and open manner. Um, I, I find that that is a, a real hindrance that people are hiding behind that. I, I think so too. I think that uh, being able to show up, do your thing, and the PowerPoint is just to um, enhance a little bit. It's so important and, and people don't realize. Um, I've met some people that they are PowerPoint specialists. That's what they do. And and so um, I'm excited to meet them more and learn more tips from them to share with others because we don't, yeah, we don't want to show up like that, just reading and having the whole screen be full. That's crazy. Yeah, and I, I wanted to talk to you as well about the the books that people are looking to write because that yeah. in itself has been a trend that, again, probably over the last 10 to 15 years, I've noticed a real increase in that. And I think the, the ability to self-publish uh, platforms like um, like Amazon make that a much easier process than perhaps it was, you know, 20, 30 years ago when to publish a book required actually finding a publisher uh, who was willing to to do that. But it is quite an investment both in in dollars and time to get the book there. And then I think what people forget is, is that just having the book isn't really enough. And I, I often wonder why people write the book. Uh, in the mm. first place, whether they've gone in with the right attitude. I know uh, someone I used to uh, work with years ago that his, he used to liken it to the thud factor, which is, of course, when it was very much in person because you would be able to walk into it, particularly to someone you've just met, and say, by the way, have you read my book? And, you know, thud it down on the table, hence the, the thud factor idea, with probably little hope that they would actually read it, but it was more that the book gave some form of credibility now publishing a virtual book is is a lot easier but still not a cheap process if you do it properly and mm. you have there's no point doing the book i think if you unless you're going to promote it it's so true it's so true all right so i love i love it that you're bringing this up and and i believe that we can all have a book and i think that depending on what you what type of business that you want to develop your book can be what leads to the next program, if you will, right? Or, or I find I got I'm in the middle of coaching someone, and something comes up about um, collaboration, joint venturing, and I'm able to say to them, "Hey, um, I would love to just gift you my book and have you check out these sections, and then let's let's talk about it." Right? There's a lot of uses for the book. Um, but without promoting it, no, nothing's going to happen. And um, let's let's also talk about bestseller status. Okay, oh, um, yes. I've, I've been a part of like ten books over the last since like two thousand six, and some of them are on my own. Some of them I have a co-author. Some are collaborative books, and I really never went after bestseller until the very last book, and because. I, what is it? It's like a one day thing, mm. right? It's like, so what yeah. if you were a bestseller, right? And you sold, and instead of selling to all your friends and everybody, you know, at the full price here, you're selling it for 99 cents to all these people, you know, and, but there is the, the PR that comes with it. 
there's the becoming known that comes of it. There's the actual finishing of the project and celebrating. And you probably have can come up with 10 other things that are that are good about just, just that whole thing. But truly, I think the book is a foundational piece for everything else. I found my last book, Anthony, um, late in the game. I'd never done this. I had a proof copy printed in a spiral um, form. Mm-hmm. I still have it here. And if I'm going to go teach anything out of the book, I'm 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 into that all the time. And once you create that um, that piece of of content, no one can take that away from you, right? And so you can use it to teach for for years to come. Um, anybody can do it, but not everybody has to. Yeah, I think that's a really important point, and and um, I I think those that those that can should, um, and particularly as you said i think it's going in with the right intentions it is coming back to that that number one status and um you're absolutely right that it's not that difficult to achieve sadly um you know and and that's but but i think that's one of the realities is perception is sometimes more important than the reality you know often people don't um scratch through the surface to find out a little bit more detail um you know oh you were the uh, number one bestseller in amazon how did you how did you get to that status how long were you there how many books did you actually sell because because sometimes it only takes 10 books at 99 cents it's not a very top calorie category yeah Mm -hmm. it's um it's so it can be a a um as i said it's it it doesn't it's an important thing for some people to be able to, to claim that status and it does um for some people it does work in 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 that regard but i think the fact that you've authored a book and you've gone to that effort of trying to put it down and that there's something that you're trying to teach and that you are being able to teach from it is a more important idea and i think it allows you some of the best speakers that i've seen that have got books base a speech or presentation that they're giving on it might be one part of one chapter of the book and that encourages people to want to do more, which hopefully means buying the book, which is, and again, usually publishing the book is not about making money, um, you know, not from the book sales itself. You know, you're, you're lucky if you break even. Um, but I think then the next step is, as you're saying, is, is where does that take you? And And I think that's the interesting thing, isn't it? Because some people write the book I think with an intention that it enhances what they're doing already and Mm. provides that kind of educational piece for them as a reference point. But often it can go the other way in terms of saying, well, you can ultimately, for many people writing the book, presenting the book on an ongoing basis, and it, it might turn into multiple books, becomes their living. They don't actually do anything else but presenting about the book. It can be that. It can be that. I am in the process right now. Um, so my my work, I do my speaking training inside of a global sales training organization. And we have a new 20 module course that's being taught. And so, Anthony, it makes a lot of sense. And some people can be like, yep, I get it. And yeah, I should do that too. Or yes, I've done that. And so every module will be a chapter right so as we're as the modules are being created they're being recorded they're being transcribed and then they're they're being reworked and 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 there's the intention there and who knows 
what this can end up being, right? It can be, it can be a program that is taught. It could be as, as each module gets recorded, it could be a course and, and, and then it can be the book as well. And um, when you have the skills, you're able to, to do those. And you might say what comes first, the chicken or the egg, what comes first, the course or the book. It, it depends on how you're developing it, right? It could be, it could be the book comes first. In this case, um, the modules are coming first, right? Um, but um, no matter what, if it enhances your teaching, your training, your offerings, I don't think that you can go wrong by doing it. I do recommend, um, you know, don't go take six months and not be focused on income producing activities and go work on this book, right? You got to fit it in and do your things um, yeah, you know what I'm saying? You don't want to go get too distracted because you're going to look back and go, oh my gosh, I'm not making any money right now. Yes, it is a balancing act. But I think that that whole chicken and egg scenario is an interesting one as well, because often what I've um, observed is that the magic that happens to create the, the teachings and ultimately the book is something that is sitting within the context of a business that may even not be the main part of the business. It could be just to use it as an example, you could be a manufacturer and it could be you're all focused on whatever it is that you produce. Let's say you produce tables. Um, and so you could be all about the tables and the end product and these beautiful tables. But in fact, the gold may be in the way you conduct the process and that mm. whole point from from where you get your raw materials to the point where you're actually designing and creating something. It's that piece, which actually may, where the gold may be in terms of the, the programs and things that are very teachable for there. And I think often people miss that, that it's the, the sometimes all of the experiences and things that they have along the way and the very, you know, the mechanisms and systems can often be gold for other people as much as the, beautiful end product that is created and it's and it's also can be just endlessly fascinating as well to read about uh for for a lot of things i mean i'm 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 sure all of us could pick our favorite brand right now and and be intrigued by what happens behind the scenes to actually get it to the final product and we'd all read or listen or or watch something about that um so you know doing that is also a big part of of what this is all about as well isn't it it totally is. It totally is. Do you know what's coming to mind for me? I'm just thinking about being on the podcast here with you is, is uh, I really focus um, with my speakers on making sure that they are, have, are exposed to being on a podcast, to being on live streams and possibly to hosting them themselves. Um, so, so it's, it's, it's a great way to get your message out and as well. So um, I was just thinking about here, here's Anthony, like doing the thing. Um, and I know you have been doing the thing. And I know that um, offering interviews um, as a way for people to get their word out is something that that you really believe in. Um, mm. um, so, so there are multiple things. It's the book, it's the speaking, it's the course, it's, it's something like this, right? There's there's so many things that you can choose to build out your platform to to become known and to be able to establish your business. Absolutely, and I think um, uh, one of the things that I've learned, and I, I know we're we're looking at working with someone um, shortly on on this, that he's written the book in a way that we're going to have Q 
QR codes split throughout the book Mm -hmm. as a reference. And the great thing about what we can create, and this was not meant as a promotion for what we do, but the, um, the, the great thing about what we can create is stories that enhance the book. And mm-hmm. so the book can tell you so much, but it's sometimes nice to hear the author's voice speaking about a story that adds value to the to the book itself. But equally, those same stories can be used independently of the book to promote the book. And so I think there's an efficiency that you can do in creating that and creating that more interactive experience. I, I, I know, for example, um, um, I, uh, well, I was going to say read a book. I listened to an audio book recently. And what I found was really interesting was the author decided that the end of every chapter, and he was reading the book himself, the end of every chapter, he decided to have a five minute or so discussion about the topic. And so it was it was very obvious where the reading stopped and where the discussion started. And there was often more value in that than there was in the um in the book itself. And and uh, the, the few people that had recommended that I read the book in the first place weren't even aware that that was the case. And I, because I do a lot of uh, driving, to getting an audio book just made sense. Um, and so there are some of those opportunities. And I think that's, you know, but the audio book leads into the speaking and things as well. Having the confidence to actually read your own book and, and deliver it that way, I often find it's disappointing if people don't do that. Mm, you know, um, yeah, a lot of times people don't do the audio book or they hire someone else to do it. And, but, and either way, it's, it's an amazing medium, right? When you're out on the go to be able, or walking, driving, as you say, um, or even no matter what, just, just maybe you're working out and you're listening into your book. Um, it's, it's another amazing tool that, that people should really consider using. And I love the interactive part. We're going to be using some interactive things in the book we're working on right now. So before we get, I want to come back to the, to the, the most recent book um, mm-hmm. in a moment, but I want to go back a little bit on the, on the journey because I, you know, you and I've got to know each other a little bit, but I'm, I'm intrigued as to where it all began for you. What was the, what was the original career path? Where did, where did it all start for you? Oh my gosh. So the original career path way back when, um, believe it or not, um, I was in credit and collections for several corporations way back when. And I didn't, that was even an accident. It was, I, I was exposed to it, offered a chance to advance. And can you imagine me as a credit and collections manager, Anthony? No, I was good at it. I was good at it. And uh, my salesman, um, that I would work with, you know, I would have to tell them, I have to hold your order. We can't approve your account. And they would, what they, they would always say, I don't like what you're telling me, but I like how you tell me. And, and so um, it's interesting that, that I started off there, moved into financial services. And my move into financial services is what, what really got me going, looking at personal development, professional development, and I started networking and I started loving the networking more than anything else I was doing. And so, I mean, I, I mean, networking was my career for 16 years, literally, you know, that that's what I did. And, and it probably showed when you met me. Um, and so, but along the way for, I've been speaking um, just as long, like for 15 years and, and doing the books and doing the things. Um, so, so it all just went hand in hand and, um, you know, I, once you're a networker, just like you are, 
I think that you're a networker for life and that I believe it's not what you know, it's who you know. I'm sure you believe that mm. as well. And and I believe in no matter what we do for a living, whether it's marketing, accounting, uh, speaking, whatever it is, I think that um, everything that we do with a collaborative spirit and to see how can I support you, what could we do together, um, that's when it's win-win. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I and and that's the philosophy as well. I think too, too many people go into networking with uh, an attitude of what am I going to get from it? Yeah. And they go in with a sales pitch. Um, you know, I, I I think that too often people use and, and anyone that's gone to a networking meeting all have a variation of a, you know, 30 second to two minute period, depending on how large the group is, where you get to pitch. And yeah. I think the problem is often is, is they've taken that to heart and said, right, I have to pitch. When in fact, what you're better off doing is, is telling a story and telling a story, you know, a short form story of something that's happened recently that's relatable. And it's starting to practice that speaking skills because I don't, I, I'm assuming and um, that, that the majority of the books that you've been involved with are not a simple how-to manual. They're not just a simple, you know, they're, they're not just simply right here, steps one to 20 with nothing in between. It's the in-between bits which make it relatable, memorable, and engage people to want to continue with whatever steps are are throughout. And often the books aren't even step-by-step step at all. They're just discussing the, the the topics and things that are there. And I think that's where the, the important part is. And I think that often gets left out of networking, and um, and if you're wanting, I imagine, to get into that speaking era, you have to change that the way you approach that. It's it's true. It needs the the glue. It needs the stories. It needs. Um, we could open up a whole can of worms and and bring up AI right now. You know, um, I was in a write a book in a day class recently. You know, and we could have said, "Hey guys, this is how to do it," and. We didn't, right? I, I think that I, I like AI and I, I use AI some, but the truth is, is in our speeches, in our books, what makes them unique is us. That, that's what makes it unique, right? And 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 so you're right. You're right. It's a, it's um, all those things that are, are critical. People buy us. They, you know, and, and so if you're, you, you've got to give them you, you can't just be, you're right. It's not just, here's 20 steps. It's, it's the stories in between. It's, it's, it's all the tie-ins. It's just really important. And we're a product of our own experiences. Otherwise everyone is just the same as their competitor without those experiences and without the delivery of those experiences that, uh, that differentiate us and make people, certain people want to come to us and certain people not, and that's okay. It's 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 attracting more of those people that uh, are naturally attracted to you, and that you want to be attracted to you. That's the where the where the you know where the peace lies that people have to master. Yes, so true. And I love as well. I just wanted to uh, uh, talk about the fact that I think that everything you've done over the years has been very much about giving as well. I know you've you've very, been very generous with your time over the years and the way that you approach everything when you know as we were involved with networking and the way that you're involved now with the the speaking it's very much about giving and teaching people that and I know um even to the point where you know there was involvement with a, an organization that's very much around 
um, giving with someone that you and I both know quite well that headed that. Um, I think that that's, that's a big part of what you do as well, isn't it? Yes. And I, I think that people remember that. I think it's super important. And um, I, I love being able to wake up every day and whether I'm turning on a computer or opening up a laptop or maybe I'm on my phone even, right? Just being able to stop and, and give and have an impact in the moment, right? It's um, it, it brings me a lot of joy and I don't know that I would want to do it any other way. And I hope that it has a ripple effect. I hope other people all do that too. If we show up and all we want to do is, is take, or if we know we can help someone and we aren't willing to dig deep to help them, um, what, what is it all about? Well, that, that's that, that generosity of spirit is what having a book and speaking is about really, isn't it? Because you have to have that attitude. Otherwise um, if, if, if you're not going to tell anything, anybody about the book until they buy it um, and you're not going to, to, you know, to go out and speak about anything, it, it, you need that generosity of spirit. Yep. You do. You do. I, I love meeting other people like that as well. And I think that's why um, even, even that's why we're connected right now in this moment here, we've known each other for a while and, and um, here you are in, in your being showing your generosity of spirit and I appreciate that. Look, and I wanted to uh, ask you just quickly about the book. So tell me about the most recent book. Uh, so the, the most recent book that I have published is called High Level Networking. And it's all about how to grow your network, um, collaborate, do joint ventures and grow your email list. And when, and when, we, when I bring it up, uh, it is like all my high level networking strategies and and it, it's a book form of a course that I would charge like thousands to work with me for a year, right? But that's what we want to do. You want to give people your very best of your best. Some people, that's all they're ever going to do is have that book. Some people are going to be able to work closely with you and some people might be able to to have this much time with you, right? And, and um, the... My next book is based on speaking, but um, but I'm I'm really glad that I got the networking book done. Yeah, I look forward to the speaking one because uh, I know you've got so much to give on on that part. I just wanted to uh, to wrap things up by asking a question that I often ask my guests: is what's the aha moment that people have when they start working with you that you wish perhaps um, other people would know about in advance, and more people are going to come flocking to you? I help them grow. I help them work through their fears, help them shift from thinking something is that hundred pound weight to, oh, wait a minute, that was just five pounds. Oh, you know, and, and help them really step forward. A lot of the people that I work with, they feel called to share a message, a strategy, right? Or maybe it's even a, um, a cause that they're passionate about and, and they just don't have the strategies or their mindset might not be right. And you know what? We, we get them shifted and get them out there and and um, they're so grateful and they're so grateful. So I think it's being able to come alongside somebody in the journey and meet them where they are. That's the aha moment. I love that. I love that. Um, Terry Lee, you've been an amazing guest and uh, there's so much to explore with what you're doing from the networking to the speaking um, and uh, you've taken it global, which I absolutely love. And uh, as you said, you've got, when we first engaged with one another, you were ba in, uh, based in Singapore these days, you're in, in Houston, and here we are still being able to talk 
uh, while I'm on the other side of the world. And I love that. And I think that's the great thing as well, is that there's many opportunities to connect with people like Terry Lee, but particularly her. We're going to include, as we always do, a whole bunch of uh, information in our show notes about how to get in contact with her. And anyone that has half a thought about speaking, networking, um, and uh, and writing a book, definitely you should reach out because um, you you won't get a better person to speak to about all of that. And uh, thank you so much for being a great guest on the program. Thank you for having me today. It's really my honor and my pleasure. Thank you, everyone. And we look forward to having your company again on the next episode of Biz Bites. Biz Bites is brought to you by Com Together for all your marketing needs so you can build your brand engage audiences on multiple platforms go to comtogether.com.au follow the links to book an appointment for a free consultation